Welcome to Keep FM, a podcast where you can expand your Kubernetes knowledge, follow the latest tools and trends, and learn directly from the experts. In order for a project to become graduated, it has to go through a different series of phases in order to show that it's fully mature and ready to be adopted by many, many end users out there in the world. Kubernetes event-driven auto-scaling, or better known as the Keta project, recently became a graduated project. Started out in 2019, collaboration between Microsoft and Red Hat before being donated to the CNCF. Daniela and I got a chance to talk to Jorge Turrado, who is a Keta maintainer and is also a CNCF ambassador. Let's hear what he had to say. So, in today's episode of Cube FM, we are joined by someone who's much more than a person. Uh, we can say a sort of a superhuman, a maintainer, a wonderful colleague, a great speaker. He's not wearing his bathrobe right now, but normally you can find him wearing that. Uh, he's an incredible person. His name is Jorge Turrado. Lucky enough that we we live just an hour away from each other. But more importantly, he has an interesting background that started in something quite different. So Jorge, do you want to tell us about who you were before you became the Keta maintainer that you are today? Yeah, for sure. I work at uh, passing wipes because I was electrician. Then I developed uh, robotics. And then I decided to work in software because it's really, really nice work, a better work than being in the floor with the wire. No, I'm kidding. I love the I love the software. I started developing my own stuff when I was a teenager, and basically I was pivoting or or changing until I reach my current position. I work currently. I work as staff SRE in. SCRM, the little digital half, little the the supermarket. And before before that, I work also as SRE in in the planner, the planner tech. Then I work for Plain Concept and uh, as a software developer. So I have touched all the facets in the software development. Before I started as developer, I swapped to cloud engineer more or less. And then SRE slash. So, what's your background? Is it Java? Yeah, I have been in all the sites except in front. I have a serious problem. I, I can't understand how the browser works. Maybe I, that's why I prefer the CL. Okay. Well, okay. So, how did you how did you move from from Java to to cloud stuff? I mean, you know, Java is quite you know a lot of verbose and you know sort of enterprisey. And then on the other side, there is a lot of configuration. So how, how did that happen? I didn't start with Java. I started with uh, C++ and then oh, wow. I went to uh, C Sharp. But the, the, the way was almost natural because I'm in plain concept as a consultancy suppliers. I, work in, I worked in different projects and I had the option for just Moving myself to more infrastructure-related stuff, I started with Kubernetes. I don't know, five or six years ago, I had the. I was lucky because there was a project that I, I could work for and learn about Kubernetes. And Kubernetes was a. It was like okay, this is the future. I don't know if in ten years or in twenty years this will this will continue being the future. But nowadays, this is the future. Is the way to go, because we have we have uh, started with the, the typical traditional servers, and they don't scale. You have the other option 
that virtual server. We, I remember that we switched from the physical server to no, uh, virtual machines, but that was a pain. And Kubernetes, the containers engine in general, is a nice mix between them. And when I started with Kubernetes, I, I decided to... What version was that? I think that the 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 headsets. Yeah, I was about to say oh. where the headsets there. And <laughs> the headsets were just removed or around. There. About, okay, okay, that's far enough. That's far enough. Now it's known as a stateful set. In the beginning, he named it headset, pet from yeah. pet, because that world is more fancy and and you love it as your pet. I mean, I think it's it is somewhat endearing, in particular when you're talking about things that aren't so tangible. Bringing those concepts to life with something that's more relatable. I mean, look at all the things the mythology have gone around. You know, yeah. whether it's kubectl or kubectl. You know, taking that to a different a different level. But it's it's interesting to see how OG someone is based on. Do you still call it a pet set by accident? Um, that's good. But I guess in 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 your experience, then. Getting involved in, you know, contributing and then becoming a maintainer. Tell us more about how that got started. And then we want to hear more about, you know, how you got involved in Keta, what it is and what you've been doing there. Okay. Basically, basically, I followed, I started using Keta before uh, joining as maintainer, obviously. But I started with Keta maybe three or four years ago because in plain concept, we were uh, really close to Microsoft uh, Technologies. And Azure Function is a Microsoft technology for, for serverless based on, based on events. Event. And Keda came to, to, to fill that gap in, in Kubernetes for being able to scale in based on, on those uh, events. And I started to using it. And when I joined to Doc Planner, we had a use case where we need a, a rabbit, a rabbit feature. And I'm not the guy who just opened an issue crying, please add me this feature. I tried to, okay, if it's in a language that I manage or that I at least know a bit about it, I will give a try and I will try to 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 do by myself because I understand that maintainers are easy and they don't have time. All the, it's not that it's not a commercial trick. I I started contributing with Keda in some features and to be honest, I started uh, to contribute more frequently for improving my goal and yeah, skills. It's a fair reason. Yeah. Um, there is another maintainer, Svignet, Svignet Robalik, another, another maintainer who teach me a lot of uh, stuff related with Golan. And I started with uh, the contributions for improving my Golan language, my, my Golan skills. And after several months contributing frequently, they proposed me to join the, the team. And I have been in that hole since that. Since that. Back to, to RabbitMQ. I mean, at the time, you must have had a choice to choose between Keda, something new that, you know, not many people are using. And then on the other side, had, you know, the usual, well, I, you know, what, I, what I would basically consider the standard, you know, Prometheus plus the adapter. Just going to integrate with Kubernetes. Was that not an option at the time? Why did you go with Keda? Was you know must have been so new. Mm, depends because at the at the end of the day, if you are using Prometheus, you are scrapping the metrics. So all the information that you that you have for scaling 
is the, the information that you could get from Prometheus. And not all the times is super useful. For instance, uh, and then I, I have a case in the a guy who asking Slack channel. No, but we have a slow responses scaling. We are scaling uh, after three or four minutes. That's not worth for us. Yeah, but that's the price that you have to pay when you are scaling based off monitoring tooling. If you have a, an option for going directly to the metric source, such as Keda going through Rabbit or Kafka or any scaler, you are saving the scrapping or the, the, the observability time there. Yeah, I think it, at this point, it, it's maybe it's worth taking a step back and explain explain how how Keda works, right? So I think, you know, we discussed sort of, we sort of jumped on to, you know, the two options that you, you usually have. So Keda versus uh, Prometheus and the adapter. Um, but like you said, you know, Keda is a, little, a lot quicker and gives you a lot more options. So what's the architecture of, of this, um, of this scaling technology? Can, can you, can you do a quick summary for us? Yeah, for sure. Basically, Keda is, uh, is a group of three different companies nowadays. Uh, those components are the operator, the metric server, and the admission web. And this last component is optional. Keda deployed its own CRDs, scale objects, uh, trigger, scale jobs, triggers. Basically, Keda supports four different custom resources for different stuff. And Keda, when you deploy your scale job, yeah, the, the scale jobs are basically a wrapper on top of HPA. So the operator will deploy an HPA with some external metrics configure, and we configure the metric server, Keda's metric server, for serve those metrics. So Keda is relying totally on the HPA controller because it's a well-tested piece in Kubernetes. For us, it's better than reinvent the wheel. And how that, how it does it depends totally on the scaler because we support Azure, we support AWS, GCP. I had a look at the list and it's just never ending. I was about to ask, how do you, how do you manage such a huge list? I mean, at the beginning, it was small. I remember the beginning of a project was manageable, but now it's just like a never ending list. During the years, we have learned some lessons. And one of that lesson is that each new maintainer must have a, a scaler, sorry. Each scaler must have end-to-end -end test. Okay. That's a strong requirement. If you don't develop the end-to-end -end test, we won't mer merge the scaler. Why? Because, as you said, how can we maintain them if we don't know about the technology? Because there are two different technologies and you can't know about 60 different technologies. So for us... Who, said, who says you can't? I thought sysadmin were superhumans. Yeah, you're you're an electrician. Yeah, but <laughs> but I'm not I'm not sysadmin. Remember that I'm an electrician. I'm there to, to connect the wires. Maintainer and connector. All right, so we got that. That's it. That's it. Yes, the point is that during the years we have learned in the in the worst way those lessons, and now we have really, in my opinion, really complex. Uh, end-to-end -end suite where we test, I don't remember, 80, 90 different end-to-end -end cases 
because we test the math scalers, but we also test the secret providers, some internal stuff. Jorge, as someone who's very conscious, very aware of his environment, I want to know more about the Carbon Aware Keta operator and what it's doing, how this came about, who was behind it, what people should know about it. Microsoft presented this uh, scaler on KubeCon in the in the keynote, the first day in KubeCon. They presented the, the this scaler. We have we aren't we are we weren't related or we weren't working on this uh, directly, but uh, we we try to contribute with a seed. No, it's not a seed. A user. I don't. Uh, I don't with the number with the naming. Uh, sustainability, sustainability special interest group or user. I don't remember the, the keyword, sorry. But we were there because in Keda, our goal is to make the things more efficient. And usually that means better for the environment. And this is the next step. If you have global critical uh, warlords who can't be or which can be delayed to other moments, this scaler allows to, okay, limiting the scaling out or limiting the, the world size for helping the, the, the environment and the sustainability in general. With this scaler, with this carbon aware scaler, basically Microsoft improved or, or extended KEDA for reducing the amount of kind of concurrent instances based on any carbon API because I didn't know one year ago, but there are public APIs who say in this region, the carbon footprint is X and they give you the carbon footprint for a region at any moment. So you can use that API for saying, okay, a region, the carbon footprint is too high and I have war long critical Let's move them to another moment when the carbon footprint is slower or is uh, smaller. And basically, that's the goal of that uh, operator. It's nice. We are talking internally about how is the best way to integrate it because now it's an external stuff, but we are working to integrate that uh, functionality as internal stuff within Keda for not having to deploy any any other operator. Because being true, having Azure in the naming is a problem for s some people. I know. I can see that. There, there is another sort of project related to Kida, which is, I would say at least, you know, as, a, as someone using, as, as someone using Kida, you know, I think I find it I find it very valuable, and and that's the HCP add-on. So currently, as far as I know, that's you know it's been advertised as beta. You know, it's not part of the project, but but really is, and it's extremely one interesting and too useful. Um, can you give us you know a little bit of a, a summary of that? Yeah, uh, the HTTP add-on is a is a component for providing first-class support to HTTP uh, workload. So if you want to scale uh, based on HTTP, for instance, using Prometheus, that's not enough for all the cases. In our case, we use CRA, we use Prometheus for scaling based on HTTP traffic. But in workload, 
which can't scale to zero. So we have the guarantee that we will have at least one instance, at least two or three for availability, but we can ensure that a server will be there for answering any request. But going forward in this approach of, okay, we want to reduce the cost, we want to be more cost efficient, why I can't scale to zero? For scaling to zero, we need a component in the middle who holds the request before the uh, backend is uh, ready. And the HTTP add-on is that component. Basically, the HTTP add-on is an, another component that we didn't integrate with Keda Core, basically because it's too different. It has its own problems, totally unrelated with uh, Keda problems, but at the end of the day, the add-on is an interceptor in the middle that you send all the traffic to it and it checks. The target workload has at least one instance. No, I will hold the request until it has at least one instance. When the target workload is ready, I will pass the instance to the, the request to it. This, this change or this feature allows a cold start. So if you have several instances, you can start at your pod for just one request, and after the request, you can uh, kill the bot automatically. So you can do an efficient scaling based on HTTP. The problem with it is that it's too different from their common Jedi problems, and we are look active looking for uh, help on it because the HTTP protocol itself and the HTTP scenario Change a lot. We have just integrated uh, support to HTTP2, and now there is HTTP3 that we need to integrate there. It needs a really, really hard work. And on top of that, I think, you know, at least the last time I used it, you know, the plan was okay, you deploy the interceptor. The interceptor is going to look at all the requests passing through and it's going to decide um, if it is time to scale or not, right? And then there was like a very small note saying, and by the way, this in the future might not be needed because we have open telemetry, right? And and today I just had a look at, at the roadmap and I found the open telemetry um, scaler as well. So what is gonna be the future of this of, of, of this HTTP add-on? Is it gonna be open telemetry? They are they are totally different this time. Okay. I mean open telemetry is just for observability. You cannot, the, the problem about holding the request during cold start is still there. If you use, or even if you don't use OpenTelemetry, OpenTelemetry at the end of the day is a, an observability protocol for transferring telemetry, recording, sending, and, and processing telemetry. The, the OpenTelemetry integration is for sending the metrics also using OpenTelemetry instead of only exposing them through Prometheus endpoint, but it's totally unrelated. The problem okay. with the HTTP adult is that until we can buy at least two, let's say full-time maintainers, no, not full-time because they invest their whole, their whole uh, day, but at least two persons uh, engage with the project for solving issues, helping to newcomers and those kind of things. We can't say that this production grade, a production grade component. 
Yeah, and this is the part of the podcast where we let everyone know that Jorge has been a Microsoft MVP for at least how many years? Five. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> Five. Something actually I want to touch on a little bit too is is you know, you've now taken this you know from sandbox to incubation you know to graduated along the way getting other organizations to participate as well as contributors like you you mentioned you know the there are folks out there that would like to help out with the HTTP um, three um, challenges are going to be facing to get involved. But how has this been you know through the time that you spend first as a contributor then becoming a maintainer? interacting, making it attractive for other for other organizations to get involved as advice for any open source projects. Um, what's your experience been like there? And what would you recommend? It's a good question. And this time I don't have an answer, a good answer for you because- We will the, accept your bad answer. The, the public image or or the, the public staff or how to engage the community, I think that we have failed a bit in that topic because maybe because maybe due to maintainer calls it capability we have been five maintainers we are five maintainers and we focus on improving Keda more than marketing more than do stuff and I know that other projects make conference there are conferences about Argo CD Istio Kong there are a lot of conference we don't have the capability for Doing you build stuff. such a nice product that doesn't need any sort of marketing. Our our goal is uh, make the auto scaling that simple, and maybe as we don't have any competitor, let's say competitor, we are I don't consider competitor in an open source uh, ecosystem. Competitor is not worth in my opinion, but let's try to use it for 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 understanding. Argo CD has flags. Linkerd has Istio. Keda hasn't got any competitor nowadays because we don't try to do a lot of things. We try to do one thing, making the auto-scaling that simple in Kubernetes. And I hope that we are achieving that goal. So I guess that we have talked about this sometimes, Mark. Uh, we don't do who has needed something based on auto, on events in Kubernetes, no scheda. That's the, that's the way. Which is basically all developers using Kubernetes. <laughs> but it's worked. And so with that in mind, what are the things that are on your roadmap, you know, for the next steps? What can we expect from, uh, from Kida? In the, so probably in next release, we are going to introduce a change, in my opinion, a change, a game changer with the auto scaling because nowadays they as we rely totally on HPA controller, HPA controller basically requests all the metrics and perform a max operation between them. This is not really efficient in all the cases because if you have a database and a queue, Rabbit, for example, if the queue grows, maybe it's because the database is dead. And Having just a, a measure, okay, scale based on the queue, usually is nothing. Having an option for inside Keda, applying a custom formula saying, okay, go through the database and get the usage. And if the usage is higher than 60%, reduce proportionally the queue, the queue length 
front rabbit for not overloading the database. I mean, adding custom formulas to the to the information that get exposed to the to the HPA controller is a nice feature that for me is a game changer in the auto scaling in Kubernetes. How is that implemented? Do you is it do I write the formula in the YAML or is do you have like a small engine that I can program in was? What if the, the PR is open and it's we are reviewing it. But the original idea that we are discussing is you can uh, extend the scale object with uh, other section, formula, modifiers, whatever. It's still in discussion where you can say, okay, apply this formula. As each trigger can be named, has a name, you could just introduce, and, and we are introducing a library packets for, for processing formulas uh, on the fly. So if you can, you can say, I have three triggers, Rabbit, Database, and Prometheus. Okay, I name this out then as Rabbit, Database, and Prometheus, and I apply the formula. And the formula is, quote, database plus Prometheus less uh, whatever. Okay. And wow. the, the, the form, the, the engine, will process that formula in real time. All right, but okay, when do you sleep? I don't know <laughs> when I would be dead. Sorry, sorry, Dan, I cut you off. No, no, it's, it's all right. It's all right. I was about to say, it's only five of them. I was just say. It's only five of them. They do all of this. <laughs> so, and, and then they, they also brag that they, they are not able to do any sort of advocacy about the project. I, I mean, how can you sure. Now, I have to say that we have amazing and awesome contributors who, who are doing the majority of the features. Because obviously five guys there, we don't have the capacity for addressing all the things. And we don't do the things. We have a nice community, which is growing. All the weeks have or all the months appears a new contributor. We are, I, I, I have to say that after the graduation, I personally, I have noticed that the, the, the interaction has grown, more people in Slack channel, more issues, more PRs. That is good and also a problem because we are five maintainers. We need to think about how we are organize, we are organizing the stuff and maybe superhumans. We, know, we need to, th to think about how we can manage this situation for not dying by success. So you have an electrician, a plumber, a painter, a mason. You've got one of each. One of each area covered. Now, I guess but this is. I think there's there's a lot there's a lot to be learned from this. It's incredible to see how far the project has come, and particularly like you said, without having some of the outreach or public facing visibility that other projects have had. Um, Jorge, for people that want to get in touch with you, what's the best way to do it? I am in, in a lot of different Slack uh, workspace, in Kubernetes, in CNCF, Avengers. Microsoft Teams. Yeah, I'm in Teams. I, I heard the alerts. Yeah, yeah, I heard the notification. Yeah, yeah. Microsoft, what? My, my, what? <laughs> now, you can try in your Slack workspace, adding uh, at Jorge Turrado. Maybe I will be there. Let's try. Who knows? You're also a CNCF ambassador. We're hosting, uh, we're hosting meetups in Bilbao. Yeah. I'm on... X for me still be Twitter. It's still yeah, Twitter. It's still, it's still pet sets and it's still Twitter. That's the title <laughs> of this podcast. I love Twitter at the 
Humble is Bad, Jorge Turrado, GitHub, just type in Jorge Turrado in Google. There are a lot of communication channels. I have all of them open. Get in touch and become an insider. That's yeah. it. That's the call. Jorge, do you know which three tools you would take with you to a desert island? Yeah, for sure. Okay, good. Well, you're not tempted. You could tell us now. We've got to read. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spoilers. All right. So Prometheus is one. Yeah, for sure. Okay. How how do you want to, how do you want to monitor your cluster without Prometheus? Do you okay. you are you are so rich, I guess. Because Azure Monitor, AWS CloudWatch, GCP monitoring stuff, all of them are super expensive. You should be rich. I, I don't know. Maybe you are okay. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I don't use for monitoring whatever happens in the cloud. But you can always you can always switch the storage, right, and just store uh, the last couple of days. <laughs> so apart from apart from Prometheus, what are the other two tools? Is it, is it too ugly if I say Keda? No, oh, I think that's fair, right? It's not surprising. I mean, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. You would you would be a you would be a bad maintainer. <laughs> yeah, I would expect you to be the first. To be honest, a little bit disappointed now. <laughs> and the third one probably would be Argo or Argo CD or Argo Rollout more indeed. We are starting the integration of Argo Argo Rollout because we are we have integrated Argo CD and the feedback from our development teams is really good. Really, really, really nice feedback. Like at the in the beginning I thought, okay, another tool that I have to learn. And after two or three weeks using using Argo CD uh, my, my my mind has changed and how could I live without Argo CD before now? Perfect. Well, Jorge, thank you very much for your time today. And yeah, we look forward to seeing the next steps. Uh, very action-packed roadmap. Folks that want to get involved in the project, check it out. It's an amazing, it's an amazing space, very dynamic with a lot of things going on there. Um, so yeah, thank you very much for your time. We'll be seeing you soon. You're welcome. Thank you.